will get going. So, okay, we're live. So, ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of the Running 44 at 60 podcast, I've got my old friend from college, Davey Hall. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks, Trev. Thanks for having me. Great stuff. Now, Dave, I knew Dave was a runner, but I didn't really appreciate just what sort of runner Dave was until we were having a casual conversation only a couple of weeks ago. So, um, Dave, tell us about your running career, because it is pretty extraordinary. Well, um, it, it started in a primary school with uh, a couple of laps of our local park with a very encouraging teacher. And through high school, through other uh, encouraging PE teachers, I got into um, a bit of track and field and a little bit of cross country, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, and the love of being outdoors and um, being in races where uh, the event might have been a bit longer, but you were more strung out, um, appealed to me uh, from, from quite early on, really. So I've, I've done um, a lot of events, not very many on the road. Um, most of them have been um, in the countryside, in the mountains, uh, on the trails. Now, I think you did say the other day that you'd run the equivalent of 92 marathons. Well, I think so. It, it may, I don't think it's less. It, it may actually be more, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's tricky to keep count, really, because um, some of the training runs that you do, you're, you're never sure whether they're 24 and a half, 25 and a half. I'm, I'm talking about running in the, the days... Uh, before watches, before, you know, totally accurate. I've only had a smartphone for a couple of years, so measuring my runs, it's never been never been very important. So it's been approximate, but yeah, somewhere around that is, is I think, is the right number. So what? Do you, when did you first do your sort of first long, you know, ultra sort of distance race almost? What Do you remember when that was? Well, I can remember when my first, my first marathon, which was a big step up, because I'd never done anything more than um, 10K, uh, was when I was still at the um, sixth form at school. And uh, the first Exeter Marathon was 1982. And I'd watched the London Marathon the year before and became quite keen on um, giving a marathon a go. So um, I'd done, I think it was eight or nine practice marathons in just getting ready for the, the Exeter one. And I, I lied about my age, I entered at 17. Um, and it was around the streets of Exeter, very hard, quite hot. I remember it um, being being very painful, but it was also, I've never gone quicker than that day. So um, it, it was successful uh, up to a point. Um, and then from then on, a couple of other marathons, and, and then I began to realise that actually I preferred running away from the streets, running away from the cars. Um, and then as soon as you get off-road, some of the distances aren't exactly measured at 26.2 uh, miles. So you think, well, maybe I could do a 30 and there's a 35. And I think I got into it by, by accident, really. It was just have a go and go slower, be out for longer. But um, there, there was no real um, intention ever to run one. It was just a natural progression. I, can we just go back to Exeter? So you said you ran eight or nine. You didn't run eight or nine practice 26 yeah. miles. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because at least you're talking about the oh, early oh. 80s. The people I was watching on the telly, um, the Brendan Fosters, the David uh, Bedfords, all, all those people from that era were running 140, 150 miles a week um, in training. And there was very little perceived wisdom in those days as the best way to do it. Now, obviously, we understand more about quality rather than quantity, uh, intervals, hill running, a bit of variety in your training, a bit of cross training. 
but back then the, the advice was just simply to go out and, and run, run slow and run far. So I knew the course. The course was um, published months and months and months in advance. And with a friend of mine, Julian, we, we must have done the, the, the course um, eight or nine times, I think, at least <laughs> before the actual day. So what was that time then that you've not been since? I think it was about 3.20. Right. Great stuff. Uh, Julian was much quicker, but uh, for me, that was, that was my best ever. Great stuff. So what, what, was, the, what, was, your first mem- what was your first race, uh, if you can recall it, on, sort of off-road then, of a serious uh, sort of getting into a, you know, distances of 30 miles and whatever? Okay. Well, a, a, a good friend of ours, um, Alistair Lodeman, um, and I had been doing trail running and working up through some distances. Um, and there was an event near my parents uh, down in Devon run by the Axe Valley uh, Runners or Harriers, um, uh, known as the Grizzly. Ah, uh, still going, it's still going. Still going, one, one of the, the great trail runs um, ever, I think. It, it's just yeah. fantastic course, yeah. the beach, the cliffs, the fields, the farms, the, the variety of the terrain, the, the sense of humour that it was organised with. Um, it didn't take itself too seriously, but there were some very serious runners um, took part. It was an event that uh, appealed to me because it was it, it was open to everybody. Everyone was encouraged to have a go. And I did an event, I think it was 1992, called The Eye of the Storm. They all had strange names each year. Um, and I remember uh, going to see my parents and combining it with a run. And that, that, that was a theme I've repeated dozens and dozens and dozens of times over the years. Go somewhere, see somebody, combine it with a run. Well, it's interesting you say that, Dave. I mean, two things. One is the Grizzly did happen this year. I think it was probably one of the last races. Yes. Uh, and some of my friends took part in that. It was only a week after I'd run a thing called the Classic Jack, which was 18 miles. So there's no chance of me being in the Grizzly as well. Um, and that tourism thing, you know, is, hap- is happening now with Park Run. Because yes. there's lots of people, you know, uh, try and do a park run whenever they go and visit people, obviously yes. on Saturday. Yeah, so, fair uh, place. so you did the Grizzly, and what, what, you know, where did you go from there? Well, then um, I, I was um, somebody who learned to drive quite late. So that, I, that was just after I'd learned to drive in my late 20s. And as soon as I had my car, um, I realised I could get about a lot easier to these events and wouldn't have to um, catch a lift along with other people or go with public transport. So... Um, I investigated a, a brilliant run, one, one of my absolute favourite runs called the Man versus Horse in uh, mid Wales in the Cambrian Mountains, which originated from uh, a pub bet that a, a landlord had to step in to decide um, how to settle a bet between two of his punters, um, one, one of which was saying he could get round a, a 22, 23 mile mountain course quicker on his horse and the other punter was saying it would be much quicker to do it on foot so that, that they raced off um the guy on foot usually won and from there the publican thought this is a, a great idea for an event so um a, a regular event uh, came from it and every year i think william hill sponsored it and a thousand quid was put in the kitty every year right. um the, ho- the horse was pretty good actually um and it took 25 years the kitty was very big uh, and a guy who'd won the London Marathon, I think, turned up one year and walked off with, with the pot. But um, usually in the summer, somewhere around June, always around my birthday, great event to go to. Again, not too serious. Um, good social atmosphere that went along with it as well. So fan- fantastic place to run. Can't recommend that highly enough. Brilliant. And this this led you towards um, what is known as nowadays, I think, as the kind of World Cup Championships of 
ultra running, which is UTMB, of course. Mm. And you were mm. there in the early days, I think, weren't you? Well, after the um, kind of 25, 30 mile runs, um, we, we tried some 40s, a, a couple of friends and, and, and I. Um, and then I was lucky enough to have a job out in Switzerland um, for a couple of summers uh, in Montreux, which was close enough to the, um, the French border to get over to Chamonix. And I, I got to really love being in the mountains there, particularly. Um, and I've taken many holidays back there. And I was there with my wife cycling in Chamonix in, I think it was 2003. And we saw these posters everywhere saying Ultra uh, Tour of Mont Blanc uh, in a couple of weeks time. And we finished our cycle. Uh, I picked up a couple of posters and thought, I uh, can't get in for this year, but maybe I could come back the following year. So I came back the following three years um, and did half of it and half of it. And then on the third attempt, got all the way around. Wow. Well, I did a bit of research and I discovered that that first one you saw in 2003 was actually the very first one. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. That's when it started. Yeah. So we were in the fourth edition and uh, it was very, very um, different than it is today. Today, you have to pre-qualify, you have to rack up points, you have to um, have a doctor's certificate, you have to get all this signed months in advance. There's a lottery, you might not get in. Um, I think the year we did it, it, it was a very simple um, process one letter, one medical certificate. And I don't think there were more than, a, um, I think probably a half the number of people there that, that are there today and would do it. So it's dead easy to get in, but because they didn't check you, uh, lots of people dropped out. So um, the, the, the finish rate was only about 27, 28%, I think in those days. And the sponsors needed a few more people to finish to um, give it a kind of an, a, a better appeal. So then you had to prove yourself get your points and enter in a different way. That's amazing. Dave, could you just check your microphone? Because I think you might have, there was a bit of a noise about 30 seconds ago. I just wondered if you knocked something. Uh, yeah, I knocked the cup. Oh, the cup. There we go. Sorry about that, buddy. Sorry. That's all right. I thought it might have been the microphone. That's no, no. fine. <laughs> no, just getting too excited. <laughs> oh, well, that was terrific. So you did UTMB. Did you do anything after that then or? Um, well, uh, what would you mean immediately after that? that was, no, no, that was, I mean, was that the pinnacle of your oh, running career? De definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it, it was absolutely massive uh, because uh, I've done enough events over the years to, to be confident of getting around most things. But that was an entirely different um, league. Uh, we, we set off in the evening around tea time. Uh, it was dark within three hours and you go through one whole night and then the next day and then a second whole night and the vast majority of the Sunday as well. So to be out for two, two days and two nights, uh, nonstop, there's, for, for people of my level, there's no time to sleep. You have to keep moving, keep plodding. It's, um, it, it's a kind of walk run. It is a, it's a brilliant event to get around, but only the elite boys and girls actually would call it a run. And what, um, and what was your recollection, Dave, when you got to the point where you knew you were going to finish and, you know, and, and you were going to make the time and everything else? I mean, how were you? Do you remember how you were feeling? Yeah, at that I, point? I, I, I remember feeling back into Chamonix, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The, just the last kilometer when you're you, you, once the sun comes up on the Sunday, you've been out Friday and Saturday. And once it comes up on the Sunday, um, you're pretty sure if you're if you're beating the time barriers which are quite stringent if you're always in front of those and we weren't by very much then you'll be guaranteed um, to, to get home 
but the crowds are absolutely enormous. It's a big tradition in the town that everybody comes out, stops having their lunch, stands up and applauds everybody um, that comes in. The music's going, the, the, old, the old Vangelis is playing as loud as possible. It's it, <laughs> very stirring, quite, quite emotional moment because I'd got to the three-quarter point in the middle of the night and left the, the, the little base there and it started to snow and there were a couple of big climbs to do and I had to have a, a pretty big word with myself to, to keep going at that point but once you know you're there you can just jog down the high street and lap it all up fantastic feeling must have been a must have been immense that that's superb and I did a bit of research and I think you mentioned this the other day that, that it was won by an Italian guy and it says on the website it was actually 58 years old so yeah. you know whew. Fair, fair play to him. Yeah, it, it, there were some younger lads there as well. The guy who'd won it the year before, local boy from Chamonix, um, an Alpine soldier, was hot favourite. And um, the chap from Italy came over, pushing 60, uh, and took him quite, quite easily in the end, I think. Amazing. Wow. Wow. So, Dave... You've done all these races over the years. I, you know, uh, in the in the build-up to this, I said, you know, would you share with the runners who are listening to this podcast maybe some of your your top five, even your favourite races over that time? So, what have, what have you got to share with us on that basis? Very very quickly, then oh, I think you'll probably get to guess what my number one would be. I think we've just we've just talked about that, so there's, <laughs> there's no surprise there. Be because not not very many races are longer or take as much effort to get into now. You you have to jump through so many hoops to get there now just getting onto the start line is an achievement in itself so the UTMB is in a field of its own um, we can put that to one side but I've, I've gone for a five to one for you um, I can particularly recommend races which are much smaller the complete opposite of the UTMB with two and a half thousand people would be the Snowdonia 50 a qualifying right. event for the UTMB carries a few points um, it's only been going a couple of years and uh, when they say 50, they mean it's closer to 60. Um, but the, <laughs> the guy who set it up, Henry, is, is uh, a super chap. And uh, he just wanted a very low-key event that would be very testing. So it starts at um, Betsy Coyard, goes all the way around Tackle Snowdon and a few other mountains and um, lakes. It, it's, it's tricky underfoot, uh, testing weather. Uh, and that, that that was an absolutely brilliant run event with only I think 50 people the year I did it in 2015 and the tradition is that everybody who finishes no matter whether it's the afternoon or uh, the middle of the night there's a pint of beer for every finisher and everybody gets out of their tents and claps you in and there's, it's set up in a school as the, as the base and the school bell is rung to announce um, the, the runners as they come in because wow. there aren't very many of them um, which, which is typical of the camaraderie and kind of fellowship of the trail running communities. Very, very good like that. Yeah. So that, that's the Snowdonia 50. Brilliant event. Give it a go. Um, the Downland 30 uh, on the Sussex Downs takes you very simply up a big hill to start with and then along a ridge. You run 15 miles out, you run 15 miles back. The turning point is um, a, a, a cold tap in a farmer's yard. <laughs> it's it's quite old school a beautiful beautiful co um course though fantastic heads towards uh lewis i think once you've gone up takes in the jack and jill windmills up on the downs fabulous scenery you can see down to brighton you, you can see out to sea um you you get, kind of get lost in the scenery up there and the time passes um very well brilliant brilliant course love that run 
the next one I went for was the Compton 40, which sadly doesn't run as a 40 anymore now. They only do the 20. Um, figure of eight course, and always quite hard because everybody runs the same 20 to begin with. And then you've got to decide whether that's your lot or whether you're going to loop around again. Uh, not many people take part, obviously. I would think there would only be a couple of hundred. And at the halfway point, lots of the 20 um, people finish. So for the second half, it's quite lonely, but beautiful. Um, along the Ridgeway, uh, uh, can't remember, I think it's Oxfordshire it goes through. Um, super, super views. Again, they make you work hard to get up to the heights, and then you're treated with uh, amazing views all the way. Quite hard underfoot because it's chalky, but um, lovely, lovely course. Done at Easter. Can't recommend that enough either as well, but although you'd only get in the 20 these days. Dave, sorry, Dave, did you say that was called the Compton 40? Yes, C-O-M-P-T-O-N. As it, right, got it. Thank you. Compton. Um, and then I'm going to go overseas for my runners-up spot for me. Um, uh, a good friend of mine, Martin, who I did a lot of running with in the, in the 90s, uh, saw that the inaugural Zermatt Marathon um, was going to take place in 2002. And he hatched a plan where I would be able to take a couple of days off school by ringing in sick from Geneva Airport or something like that. I remember <laughs> ringing the secretary with the tannoy going off in the background, claiming I had tummy ache or something. But we, we blagged a few days off and we went out to, to Zermatt and we did an uphill marathon, which is completely ridiculous. Um, from St Nicholas, the little town, it's a half marathon to Zermatt. And then from Zermatt, it finishes at 3,100 metres. Um, up on the opposite side of the Matterhorn. Absolutely breathtaking views, brutally steep finish, very, very hard. Um, your marathon time drops from about three and a half hours to seven and a half hours. Um, <laughs> but, but again, well worth it when you get to the top and uh, you, you certainly earn the train ride down. Fantastic. Dave, that's, that's absolutely great. Now, um, I also understand at the moment you're 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 in the well you're 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 taking on a rowing cycling challenge that's been going on for quite a while. Do you want to give us a little brief on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as an old PE teacher, I had um, uh, the the great privilege to work with loads of kids over the years. Um, we lost our swimming pool at school, and they built a fitness studio instead with some new classrooms. And I think it was the best thing that ever happened at the school because the number of kids that used the fitness studio um, and got into indoor rowing and, and general fitness it, over the years um, has been huge. And I also got into indoor rowing at about that time. And two guys that left school set me a, a project uh, to cycle and row around the, the, the zero and the 180 um, line down to the South Pole, up around to the North Pole and back into to Greenwich. And they planned it all out and they've got the distances and the coordinates. And when you're on land, you cycle. When you're on the water, you row on the indoor rower. Wow. And how far have you got so far? Well, that was 1995, the start of 1995. I started it. Um, I was going well. Um, then I got becalmed a bit when uh, two kids came along. Uh, and it's up and running again now. So I am about 60% of the way round. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about... 500 kilometers from land at the moment which is a big thing because I haven't been on land for about 14 years so <laughs> I'm due to hit land sometime in July which would be good great stuff now Dave I, I couldn't let this podcast finish without reminding you of a very important fact in uh, in our head-to-head -head running career 
And uh, I don't know how many times we've run head to head, but um, what I do know is the last time we did that, it was at the marvelous Woolacombe Bay Half Marathon in June 2016. Again, that you know, one of my favorite runs, all off road, very hard. And I remember strolling down to the start with some of our other friends, and uh, the, we bumped into this young lad who said he'd won it the year before. That's right. And he did advise us that he walked part of the course and he would be doing this year. You know, so it was kind of uh, opened our eyes to toughness. But um, I think the record showed that I actually beat you that day. And, I, you know, so I'm just going to gloat in that for a while. So here's the, here's the gloat. But um, I do need to uh, just let our listeners know that I think you were running on half a leg that day and, uh, and probably wearing a duffel coat and Wellingtons or something. <laughs> I remember running side by side with you for the first hour and thinking that my dodgy right. calf was going to hold up. And, and then all of a sudden, as it always does, it, it, it has a mind of its own. And uh, I went lame, I think, after about 65 minutes. It was a long, long walk back. Well, I think I was very surprised to be even running alongside you for, for, half, for half that race so, uh, or whatever. Um, and of course, I've also got to thank you for the fact that if ever, anybody did any research on my, my best ever times, they will find that probably my best ever half marathon was at Hastings in the 90s and I don't I don't know what the time would have been Dave but what I do know is that I didn't actually take part you took part <laughs> and you stormed over the line in some ridiculous time and they were going oh here comes Trevor Lee in about what was it what would it be one hour 20 or something like that or maybe yeah, less yeah it would have been just a bit more than that but yeah it was it was a good race that day <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually I did I did go back to Hastings finally in 2012 uh with our, our dear debate uh, you know uh, departed friend Neil Anthony and I, I yes. ran with Neil and and um our friend Dickon was uh cheering us on he was on a bike for some reason he didn't take part in the race and I ran a long time with Neil then and uh, Neil was a sub three hour marathon guy in his he day was. and he, he's got a very talented family is left behind in running circles. So, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, now that was all great stuff. So Dave, fabulous to have you on the podcast. Uh, some brilliant stuff there and uh, you know, great to, uh, great to reminisce about some old times as well. So as your running career pretty much finished now then, or are you well, still doing a, are you thinking, I don't know what's going on with your running at the moment? Well, since, since that um, cropped calf in uh, North Devon with you, uh, the, 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 the legs have been reasonable, but not, not, not dependable. So at any stage, I'm likely to, to pull another calf. So I've, I've, I've branched out into another kind of avenue of um, yomping. Um, right. Half running, half walking with a big heavy weight on your back with some soldiers in the Breckens. Oh my God. Um, and, and all over different parts of Wales. Um, because nobody minds if you walk, there's, you have to walk because the, the weight you're carrying is, 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 is obviously sufficient to, to make it too difficult to run all the uphills, but mighty challenging. So the distances are, are less, but the, the, the challenges is great. So different thing. Great um, stuff. Well, maybe I, maybe I can persuade you to consider coming down and doing the classic quarter with me in 2021. So uh, you could, you could, I, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Because there will be, I'm told, uh, the advice I've been given by all the people who've run it, uh, well, run it, is to walk up all the hills, and there are going to be lots of those. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, um, most great, stuff. great stuff. Well, Dave, thank you very much for being on the podcast, and uh, thanks to everybody for listening, and there'll be another episode coming your way very soon.